0: Thank you very much, Chris and I've been together a long time, and it's great to be here this morning. Uh, Chris told me there was one requirement for preaching from up here, and he said I had to wear Crocs, so I've got my Crocs on. Chris goes nowhere without his Crocs uh, and his uh, eye products, but anyway, uh, it's good to be here in Clarksville. Like Chris said, I grew up here uh, in Clarksville with him. We've been buddies since fifth grade, best friends uh, for a long, long time, and it's a privilege to be here at one church with you guys uh, and to share Father's Day with you and. The benefit of that is I get to be with my father on Father's Day, uh, which doesn't happen very often because I'm usually in Jackson at my church uh, where I'm a youth minister uh, at Highland Park Baptist Church in Jackson, Tennessee. So it's good to be here with you guys. When we get done today, nobody in here is going to say, boy, that was some deep theological stuff. I know Chris is all into the deep theology stuff, but, but I'm not quite as smart as he is. And I don't think that anybody in here is going to leave and say, I've never heard that before. Uh, In fact, when we're done this morning, I I hope what you say is, uh, man, Philip's right. That's the truth, and I just got to live it. Um, When it comes to superheroes, if you think about all the gamut of superheroes at first glance, I think most of you will realize that they appear to be loners. Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Wolverine. Even our heroes that we're focusing on today, like Captain America, Hulk, Iron Man, and Thor, they all have a seemingly um, apparent solitude in life because of their status as a superhero. But with a closer look and more careful consideration, we can realize very quickly that they all depend upon others. Superman had Lois Lane. Batman had Robin. Robin. Uh, and Alfred, and even Batgirl at times. Spider-Man had Aunt May for guidance and Mary Jane for support. Uh, Iron Man had Pepper Potts, uh, and even the Lone Ranger, as we're about to find out from Johnny Depp, had Tonto. So, uh, heroes always had others. And the fact of the fact of life is is that we are better together. On May the fourth, two thousand and twelve, <coughs> I remember being at the movie theater with my oldest son, Tanner. We were there to see the greatest movie of 2012, in my opinion, the movie The Avengers. It was an awesome movie. And if that trailer that we played before uh, the service this morning doesn't get you pumped up, then you don't have a ticker because that's an awesome, awesome movie. Hollywood was so smart in taking this ginormous risk of bringing all these characters and all these superheroes and probably huge salaries together to make this movie, they knew that it would pay off and they were exactly right. In fact, Avenger holds the record uh, for grossing more money in the box office in one weekend than any movie throughout history. It also holds the record for making a a billion dollars faster than any other movie in history. The fact that More than one movie has made over a billion dollars. It's kind of scary, isn't it? But uh, why? Why is it that it holds those records? Why was it such a success last year? And it's because those characters on their own are great and they made awesome movies. But when you put them together in community on a team with a purpose, watch out. Because tremendous things can happen and they did with that movie. Like I said before, it wasn't necessarily Hollywood's idea to put teams together. It certainly wasn't Hollywood's idea that teams accomplish more than individuals. And it definitely isn't Hollywood's thought that we need each other. But if you think about it, they've done a great job of illustrating it. The movie X-Men, of course. Fantastic Four, another great movie in my opinion. Most would disagree. And my favorite of all, The Incredibles. Right? There we go. That's what I thought. Each of these very team-oriented films had, had one theme. And that theme was is that we have different strengths. And when we put those strengths together, we have a better opportunity for success and for the movie watcher excitement. But it's truly a biblical theme. Romans twelve four through 5 Paul says it like this. A body is made up of many parts and each of them has its own use. That's how it is with us. There are many of us, but we each are part of the body of Christ as well as part of one another. In other words, we need each other. We were created, we were designed to live in community with one another. And the big idea for this morning is this. I need to live in community with other believers to fulfill my purpose and mission. As Christ followers, we need other Christ followers to live in community with them so that we can accomplish the purpose and mission that God has before us. I've got three ideas that I want to share with you this morning to help us flesh this help flesh this idea of living in community together out. The first one is this, is that you and I need other believers to walk with through life. Jesus begins His earthly ministry and the first real uh, build-up in the Gospels is His choosing the disciples that He's going to walk with through life. God, all the way back in Genesis chapter 2, says, God said it is not good for man to be alone. Why? Because we need each other. He created us with that need for community with that need for one another. And I realize, and I know that most of you realize, that that was talking about a mate for life. But the point, the idea is that we need others uh, to make it through this life. We need other people to help us walk through life because the road of life can be harsh. It can be depressing. And we need others sometimes to help us navigate the path that we're supposed to be on. Someone here today may be thinking to themselves that they don't need others. Possibly because they've put themselves out there and it's been a catastrophe in the past. They've opened up and let others in and it ruined something or it made a big mess of things. But life hurts. And it's almost impossible to do it without help. Because we were created to walk it together. The Bible is heavily laden with the idea of walking together. It is heavily laden with walk-talk. It says that we're to walk in wisdom. It says that we're to walk in love. It says that we're to walk in obedience. It tells us that we are to walk in the Spirit. But especially, we are to walk as Jesus walked. And how did He walk? He walked in community. God says that we are never to walk through this life alone. The fact of the matter is, is that community is God's idea for life. Living in community with one another is His plan for His children. Some of you, unfortunately, this morning, even though you're surrounded by people, we're awful crowded back here in the back corners. This is definitely a Baptist church, even without Baptists in the name. That's all right. Even though you're surrounded by people this morning, some of you, if you were being honest, you'd say... I'm living life alone. I feel all alone. Let me tell you something. God's answer for the pain of loneliness is community. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says this. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. Romans 12, 12, 5, he also says this. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who are who weep. When we choose to live life in community, we can share the joys of our life with others and the hurts of our lives together. In community, as we share the joys of life, the joys grow. And when we share the struggles and the pains of life, they aren't nearly as heavy Several years ago, I was traveling back from Jamaica with a senior trip from the school that I'm a campus minister at. I know it's a rough job. But we got to the Miami airport and it was a disaster. It it was a, a disaster. I was with a Brazilian exchange student. And we got into customs. And whoever let him into the United States had jacked up the paperwork. And so when we were trying to come back into the United States it showed that he wasn't really supposed to be there. And we got held up in customs and held up in customs. And finally, I told the group, there was about 36 of us flying back from this senior trip. I told the group, I said, you guys go on. In my mind, I'm thinking I'm the youngest, I'm the healthiest guy, I'm the strongest. You know, we got to lug our bags through this airport all the way to the other end to fly, you know, back home. I said, I can do it. Uh, Gidleramy was his name. I said, "Gee can do it. And we'll be all right. Well, finally, finally, they let him out of that room. I, I, I thought we were going to be there forever. Finally, they let him out of the room and we had 35 minutes. Now, that sounds like a long time. But Miami's airport is monstrous. And remember, in my mind, I was the young, strong one, right? Well, I had taken this massive 60-inch duffel bag on our trip to Jamaica and it was chock full. It was fuller on the way back than the way there because I had junk in it to give people, you know. And we're, we are, we're trying <laughs> to run through the airport. And, and we're dying. I'm dying. And gee, thankfully, he had, he had packed this little backpack for the week. I don't know how he did it. He must have just like worn the same. I don't even know. I don't want to know. But <laughs> I said, brother, you got to help me out. If we're going to make you got to help me out. And he grabbed the other handle, and man, the burden was lifted. We didn't make the flight. <laughs> but the burden was lifted. I thought I was going to have a heart attack and die right there. But when we got to the counter, I at least was able to beg the person from American Airlines to let us on and not have to tell her to call 911, thanks to Gee. But when we share the pains and the struggles of life, the burdens are lifted. And when we share the joys of life, they grow 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up. In community, as we walk through life together, we're supposed to encourage one another. We're supposed to spur one another on and move one another in the right direction so that when the burden gets heavy, there's somebody there to lay their hand on our back and keep us moving in the right direction. Community is God's plan for life and it is His answer for loneliness. You and I need each other. You and I need someone, number two, you and I need someone to watch our back. Not only do we need one another to walk through this life so that we don't endure loneliness in this life, but you and I need one another to watch each other's back. Philippians 2.4 says, Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. If I were going to say that today, I'd say don't look out for your own tail only. Look out for the backs of others too. We need one another. Do you have somebody watching your back? I've got another clip from the Avengers I want to show you this morning. Man, I don't know about you, but in life, don't, don't you want to know that you got somebody on your back? Don't you want to know that you got somebody with a big hammer willing to step in and, and take over when you're struggling, when you're down on your luck, when you're on one knee and you're, you're down to looking up? We need one another. Who's looking out for your spiritual welfare? Do you have anybody close to you who can ask you the tough questions when the tough questions need to be asked? Do you have somebody that can speak challenging words into your life when you're on a path that it's clear you shouldn't be on? Proverbs 27.6 says this, excuse me, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Sometimes we need somebody in life just to speak into it, even if it seems harsh at the time, to keep us heading down the right direction. Walking through this life alone is a recipe for defeat. You hear me? Walking through this life alone is a recipe for for defeat. Not only psychologically and emotionally, but spiritually as well. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. The fact of the matter is, is that community is God's answer for defeat. Ecclesiastes 4:10 says if one person falls the other can reach out and help him up. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Captain America was glad that Thor was there to pick him up. Are you in a community group here at One Church? Are you in a group of people that meets on a regular basis that says we're not going to let you get discouraged? Are you meeting with a group of people that says, we're not going to let you get depressed? Are you meeting with a group of people that knows you well enough to say, we've got to stop being worried? Are you meeting with a group of people that promises that they are going to walk through life together with you? That's what community groups are all about. It's not about increasing our head knowledge. It's about walking through life together and strengthening one another through the presence of community. If you're walking through life and you're feeling defeated, I want you to ask yourself the question, am I walking through life alone? Who have you invited into your life? Who have you invited to live life in community with you? We are better together. The third point is this. You and I need someone to work with through life. You and I need someone to work with through life. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. I want you to read that verse again with me. For we... Are God's masterpiece. Why the plural there? Why? Why doesn't it talk about me or you? Why doesn't Paul just say you are God's masterpiece? Isn't that true? Sure it is. But he says we, the body of Christ, are God's greatest masterpiece, and He created us, the plural, all of us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So that we, the body of Christ, can do the good things that He had planned for us to do. So that we, together, living and walking through life in community, can fulfill the purpose and the mission that He has for our lives. He has a purpose for you. And He has a mission for your life. But He created us to walk through it together. He created us to understand it and to fulfill it together. He created one church to do the good things that He had planned long ago for you to do. Ten years ago, one church was just a thought in one guy's mind but let me tell you something. It was a thought that was planted there by God the Father through the Holy Spirit because He had planned long before that for one church to accomplish great things in this area of Clarksville, Tennessee. And as we've already heard, in the armpit of America, Mobile, Alabama, where eight kids, sorry, a little humor there, in the midst of this serious moment. Where eight kids got baptized because of one church. Because of what you're doing here. Praise God. Because you're living life in community. We can only do so much good on our own. But like the Avengers. When we come together in community. We can get much, much more accomplished. Ecclesiastes 4, nine says, Two are better off than one for they can help each other to succeed. When we bring our individual gifts and talents together as God intended, watch out. Because great things are going to happen. You and I, humans in general, are like snowflakes. You got that picture for me, brother? There we go. You and I are like snowflakes. That doesn't look like much, does it? You're like, boy, that's encouraging, Pastor. Thank you. (laughs) By the way, I was listening to uh, one of my new favorite books just yesterday. I was listening to it again, I think, for about the third time now. And Phil Robertson in his book, Happy, 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 says, I'm not a pastor, I'm a preacher. The difference between a pastor is that when he gets down from speaking, he has to live with those people. A preacher gets to say whatever he wants to and leave. And I'm thankful this morning. I get to be a preacher. But that on that finger there, that snowflake, such a frail thing. I know that doesn't sound encouraging this morning. I don't know about you, but there have been lots of times in life where I felt like that snowflake looks right there. But when a bunch of us are together, when a bunch of us come together, incredible, amazing things happen. I've never seen anything like that. I've, I'm a I'm a, a campus minister, which also, that's a fancy word for saying I'm a teacher who gets to say he's in charge of spiritual life at our school. But um, two years in a row, no snow in Jackson. Little snowflakes fall and everybody gets excited. They just melt away because they're just a few little snowflakes. That's amazing, isn't it? A few of those frail things piled up together. Unbelievable. Look at this one. How'd you like to drive to work in that? That's something else, isn't it? How, how do they get the snow out of there? I don't get it. When we come together, when the frailness of humanity in the way that God creates created us comes together, amazing, unbelievable things can happen because that's the way God created us to live life together. He created us for a community so that amazing things can happen that we could have never dreamed of accomplishing on our own. I know we've been watching video clips from the Avengers and I could show you some more, but I want to show you something that's that's a, a little more real to life this morning. Well, in
1: 2004, I had seen a video talking about a girl who lost her parents due to AIDS and I learned that there are 15 million kids just like her. I was very much so moved to action just because I realized that we do have a lot more here. And you don't really realize that, I guess, until you until you look around and you see that. There are people who are a lot less fortunate than us. As a 9-year-old, I didn't know what I could do to make a difference. And we kind of looked around, and there was nothing for, for kids to do. And so I was just encouraged to start something of my own and to use my favorite sport to make a difference. And that's kind of how... Hoops of Hope came into play, I decided to shoot baskets and raise money, kind of like a, a walkathon. Kids will go out and they'll get sponsors, you know, from their friends, their family, their grandparents, and then they'll come together on one day and shoot their hoops. That very first event, I actually, it was just me shooting hoops, and I had found out that every 14 seconds another one of these children is orphaned because of HIV and AIDS. And I learned that 2,057 kids are actually orphaned during my school day. Because so that's how many shots I decided to shoot that day was 2,057. And I hoped to raise that much money as well. And it turns out that I raised about $3,000 that very first year. After I had done that first event that first year, I realized that a lot of other kids would want to participate. Pretty soon the idea caught on. In the six years that Heaps of Hope has been going on, we've had about 40,000 people shoot free throws with us in over 20 different countries, and we've been able to raise about $2 million, all to provide a school, two medical clinics, four dormitories, a whole water project in Kenya, basically just to help ease of light for these kids, and, and our whole purpose is to help those who are orphaned by AIDS.
0: I'll tell you what, there are, there are children with their parents today, there are people that are alive today, uh, there are children that have a hope. For a future today because of Austin and Hoops of Hope and all the thousands of kids that have just stepped up to the free throw line and have given it their best shot. I can't imagine how one person can be able to change the life of many, many people uh, in this country.
1: A big thank you to Hoops of Hope for serving the people of Nagongo, for serving life for the Zambians for saving life for the majority in this area. I absolutely believe that, that kids have the power to change the world. Not only that, I believe that they have the power to do it now, that they don't have to wait to be a certain age to make a difference, that they can do something now.
0: Austin is a great kid. I got to hear him speak this past Christmas at a conference that I was at. Great kid. First year, $3,000. I think he put in a well somewhere. Um, $3,000. If he'd have continued to do that, this is year 10. 10 years of his vision and ministry. $30,000. But guess what? It wasn't just him. It's not just one frail snowflake. Last year, 40,000 people participated in Hoops for Hope. Piles and piles and piles of snowflakes. And they have raised $3 million in 10 years. Built schools, hospitals, hospitals. Doug Wells helping through medical clinics to clear, to get rid of disease all over Kenya. And not just that, they realized that it was time not just to reach across the oceans, but it was time to help in his part of our country too. And last year, I think they gave away 3,000 backpacks to underprivileged kids to start school with. The man in the video says, I can't imagine how one person has done all this. And that's because one person hasn't done all that. If one person would have tried to do all that, we'd still be at about 10 wells. And I'm not perfect with math, but haven't they raised a thousand times what he could have done alone? Because they've piled up. The community of Christ has come together together. And they're walking through life together, even, even for that one event each year, and they've raised three million dollars because of a ten year old's dream. I need to live in community with other Christians to fulfill my purpose and mission. How great is the task? Task is monumental. Almost nine out of every ten of your neighbors is at home today. Maybe some of them still in bed asleep. And I got to be honest with you, I'm tired. That sounds like a pretty good thing to me. If it wasn't for the fact that they're living their lives, their weeks without worshiping their creator. They're living their lives without knowing the hope of Jesus Christ. They're living their lives without the strength and encouragement of a community of believers that God created them for. The task is huge. Chris is one of my heroes, but he can't do it alone. You have an amazing staff, they can't do it. There's no chance. There are hundreds of frail snowflakes that are part of this community of believers called One Church. But we've got to get on board together. You've got to be on task together. You've got to be intentional together. You've got to walk through life together. The offering plate was passed a little while ago. I am painfully aware of a church that struggles from week to week because mine does. And because I'm not in my church, I can tell you the reason it struggles from week to week is too few people that the bowl passes by reach in their pocket to contribute. It's time we walk through life together. Some of you are like, well, I do what I can. I just can't afford. Really? You can't afford? I spent $10 on coffee and a scone before I got here this morning. Some of you did the same thing. We can afford. We're just not living life on purpose. We're not living life together intentionally. We're not joining together for the task that God has called us to, so that we can understand and fulfill our own purpose and our mission and our destiny. My challenge to you guys this morning is to realize that i know nothing I said was profound; it was God's truth, and it was right. And we've got to choose to live it out. Let's pray. God, I pray for this great church. Lord, I pray for this church that 10 years ago was just a thought, was just a seed. But God, you have grown into hundreds of people that meet together here weekly. That are part of this exit one community. God, I pray that we would get on purpose, that we would get on task. God, I pray that they would become intentional about living life together in community. God, so that your purpose and your mission could be accomplished in their lives. Lord, so that their own personal pains and struggles would be lessened so that your joys could be made complete. And so that God, when they wake up in the morning, when they go to bed at night, they'd realize that they're not alone. Not only do they have a loving Heavenly Father who's indwelt them with the Holy Spirit, they have a community called One Church that loves them greatly and walks through them with life each week, encouraging them and spurring them on when the road is tough. In Jesus' name.